0: This is Paul Robinson. You're listening to Starseed, an intrepid adventure with Mark Glenn Moore. In this episode, Mark and I are talking to Paul Hynek. Paul is the son of Dr. J. Allen Hynek, an astronomer who worked with the US Air Force investigating UFO cases for Blue Book from 1948 to 1969. Paul is presently a consultant for History Channel's new series, Project Blue Book, based on the real project to investigate UFOs. So we met Paul Hynek. We met Paul Hynek in
1: San Francisco, South San Francisco, and it was uh, UFO Con 2022. Right. Now, I've never been to a UFO conference, and, and um, you haven't either. That was my first one also, yes. Very yeah, interesting. so we didn't know what to expect. It was uh, an unknown territory. <laughs> exactly. And we um, we went and enjoyed uh, a lot of good speakers. But when Paul showed up and he delivered his presentation, it was very impressive, very animated. Um, he is a professor. He's a great speaker. He is an entrepreneur um, and very, very articulate in the way he delivers his presentation. And we had to meet him. Paul is here now, and we met him in um, dynamic personality and speaker, and we got him to talk with us.
0: Yes. Well, speaking of growing up with it, of course, your dad was like the, the guy who who was responsible behind Project Blue Book. And, and at, at, at first, he was endeared to the Air Force because primarily because of his skepticism and they wanted somebody on that side. And he changed as time went on, right? And did did he leave anything to you to say, look for this? Or here, here, here's what changed my mind.
2: Um, you know, he, like you said, he went into it as a, as a confirmed skeptic. Right. I, I would say. I would tease out some nuances of some of the definitions here that are, I think, particular to ufology. Uh Uh, The bunker we use as somebody who will explain away cases in a scientifically dishonest fashion, Uh not really looking at the evidence, just explain it away, explain it away.
0: Right.
2: A skeptic is somebody that I feel is intellectually honest, but has, yet or is not moved by the evidence they've seen. Then you have believers who are are not approaching it from a scientific point of view, but believe there's a phenomenon or have feel that they have a personal experience. My father was a, a scientist, so he was a skeptic. And then I wouldn't say became a believer, but as a scientist, came to accept the weight of the data. So yes, he, he certainly did change his outlook. Right. Um, he didn't leave me a, or the other children a specific item or you know alley to go down. But, and, and in general, I don't know if it was one particular case, it was just all of them together and the sort of emergent patterns that were so convincing when you see hundreds and hundreds and credible witnesses who don't know each other, who have nothing seemingly to gain, report aspects, some of them not public, that dovetail so nicely with aspects of other cases that they could not have known about.
0: Yeah, I was curious about that. So did a lot, a lot of the accounts that he gathered, did they align? Were they were they very similar in, in uh, experience? From experience?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one has to be careful to to not sort of tease patterns out of data that, that aren't really there. But, you know, there were times when people would report something like a sighting of a craft, and then they'd get a report from somebody a couple towns away that reported seeing it just a little bit later. And then another town, so you could sort of pretty easily establish a trajectory and in talking with the witnesses, there would be times where my father and others felt so it just doesn't seem like these people are in cahoots together to come up with some grand plan to make a hoax mm-hmm. so those were those were very interesting, where they 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 fit together and corroborate each other, and then other cases where little details about how you know kind of a motion signature which are not things that people would likely concoct but that various people reported about objects seen in the same vicinity there's little things like that that became really I think um, compelling for my father
0: yeah that that's that's super cool and did you go back and get in touch with any of those people as time went on or have they just gone into a, essentially, in your file of your files of experiencers?
2: I I I do know a fair amount of, as you say, experiencers personally, and I've had the ability to talk with them over the years, which is something my father liked to do. You know, he was trained as an astrophysicist, right? So he had the insight when confronted with UFOs which he didn't really seek, that he wasn't studying physics. He wasn't even studying UFOs. He was studying reports of UFOs and talking to witnesses, Uh which is not what physicists are trained to do.
0: No,
2: Especially about a potentially very traumatic experience. So he had to develop a different skill set. And part of that was to, first of all, to be not empathetic, because he hadn't had an experience like that, but sympathetic to what they were going through, whether he thought that it was objectively real or not. So he would you know be accommodating and understanding and tolerant or you know, kind, etc., but he would ask them similar questions from slightly different points of view to sort of tease out how consistent the landscape of their report was. Uh, and he, he would do that over time as well to see what aspects of it remain consistent, et cetera. You know, memory's a, a funny thing, oh, yeah. but there are certain aspects that he would expect would seem fairly consistent. And he would talk to them over, you know, different time periods to sort of get a sense for, is this story migrating or not?
0: Did he, uh, Mark and I were talking just a little bit of, before about the possibility of in that we're if we're if in Mark's case Mark is dealing with extraterrestrials who who are they're uh, intervening but in a friendly way they're not really you know abducting or anything like that uh, the possibility of do do these people have the control to you know not just come down and visit but to actually slide in between. Universes, kind of, can they materialize and dematerialize? Yeah. And I mean, well, if there's interdimensional
1: uh, spaces that these these beings travel through, if there's portals or vortexes or wormholes, okay. um, that can get them here quickly and undetected until there is a witness that, that sees this. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, Paul, is in our conversation in the idea that with some of these higher um, consciousness beings that communication is done telepathically, you proposed a question, whether you can craft a question to these beings and, and, Mm -hmm. and receive an answer. And I wanted to ask you, what question would you propose and what would be the desired outcome? in such a telepathic um, communication idea.
2: Right, okay, so the the idea is that many people, including yourself, Mark, report having ongoing experiences with other intelligence. And you have, and I've, I've heard many accounts of different types of communications, you know, guidance, friendly, general, specific, etc. And it's an interesting body of of, of evidence for this, but <clears throat> that's not something that is really the scientific language, right? That's, these are, are personal accounts. So what what works in science let I just hold on for a second?
0: No, we're good no no
1: okay, cool. no, no okay. I'm going. That was a that was oh. a um a digital communication
2: interruption. Um, that's technology. right. I mean, look, <laughs> hey 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 let them in. We're talking about them. It's not polite, right? <laughs> um so you know what moves science is not sort of random pieces of of physical evidence, and conversations that were had that we bring to them, but sort of curated, science-friendly, proactive questions and answers that we bring back. And this is in the, the goal of demonstrating the objective reality of these encounters. Now, not everybody's interested in that. But for those those who are, what I'm talking about is a protocol to come up with a framework to uh, structure conversations should the other intelligences be willing to do that. And I can go into more detail if you like.
1: Okay, well, I'll offer an example. Um, I've been really curious and have asked about nuclear events and the potentiality of nuclear events. And these beings, I, I call them the light people. Um, yep. they're, they're also called the Nordics, um, or, or right. people from the Pleiades and malevolent, you know, all that. I think they're all one and the same. They just have different, you know, associations, but I've asked specifically about nuclear events and potential nuclear events. And I've been given specific information that they have the ability and the right to intervene should such a major event occur. So I asked a question, I got a direct answer back, but it just for me poses more questions. Well, then why are yeah. we allowed no. to develop nuclear weapons? Why were we uh, allowed to not intervene to, to, to uh, blow them up on ourselves You know, with Japan?
0: Yeah.
1: And why are we allowed to test them? Because the additional information that I received is that a nuclear event causes a ripple through the universe. It's, it's a physical, um, it's, it's physics and it goes, it goes deeper than our understanding as far as how far it ripples. Like you throw a stone into a pond and it ripples. So it's a high concern to these people, but there again, I don't, I have a piece of the puzzle. I don't, I don't have the puzzle, you know, <laughs> and right. so I, I don't know what, and, uh, if, if there was an event how large does it have to be that would that there would be intervention how they would intervene I would know. they just catch them in midair would they dissolve <laughs> them? you know see I don't have yeah. that information so I ask questions I get answers but like, like what you you spoke at um, at the convention when you were experimenting with uh, he was it.
0: Expe- experimenting with psychedelics
2: yes. Uh, yeah. DMT. Uh, yes.
0: Yes. And
1: I remember from that, you, pr- you proposed a question and you got an answer that basically said, we'd love to tell you this, but it may, you wouldn't understand completely. And, yeah. and yeah. so I think that's how the communication comes back to me. Like I'm being given something that I can relate to, a, right. but, but all right. the details to it. Um, I don't know. And, and so yeah. your question intrigued me because i can ask a question and i can get an answer back and it it, it may happen in real time or it may happen in a delayed time it, you know i'm not in control of that
2: right right okay. and i and I, I can empathize well i can i can relate to that based on the feelings i've had in my experiences in dmt where i am not in the driver's seat i am not controlling things yeah i'm perceiving a small sliver of what's happening, and I'm remembering a small sliver of that, so, and I'm, I'm there with their good graces, et cetera, so, yeah, so, there's a lot of challenges about this, so, (laughs) what I, I, right, and so, right, and that, that message you have is, you know, of paramount importance, and that's a fascinating concept that you related about, sort of a ripple through space-time from nuclear weapons. What
1: what I'm thinking about is... It's actually a big, it's a pretty big deal for, yeah, that, that these folks that are visiting us, it's a really big deal. I, I,
2: I can imagine that it, it would like reverberate, you know, with leverage, et cetera. So, what what I'm thinking about is, so, now, that's the kind of thing, and I've heard these kind of accounts before, not that with that specificity, which is very interesting. What I'm thinking about is, for science, is, like, mathematically unambiguous. Like, can you give me the prime factors for this number? Yes. Or, Or, a friend of mine the other day suggested... Tell the location of a star. Something that, that can be ver that is Brilliant. likely beyond the realm of a particular human's knowledge.
1: Yeah.
2: But that is specific and that someone can look at it and say yes or no. Like, you know, the cards that you know put off in Targues, they were specific things, not like, oh, it's kind of like a triangle. No, it's exactly a triangle. And if the so for example, let's say that you or somebody else, and I don't really separate between people who communicate with extraterrestrials or DMT or ghosts or whatever. I'm not so sure these are different phenomena. So the person who has an experience is given a question shortly before the experience, to the extent that these things are regularly scheduled, which is another wrinkle, and comes back with an answer. and there's some other sort of layers that can be put on that. And if so, let's say, for example, you or somebody is uh, given, okay, what are the prime factors for this number? Okay, and it's like, you know, a thousand decimal places, whatever. And you come back with that. Okay, now that's interesting. That's a different type of communication. And with that, I can go to Neil deGrasse Tyson and Seth Shostak, Michael Shermer, Michi Kaku, and say, look, guys. I know you guys are intrigued by UFOs because I've talked to you about it, and that you feel the evidence isn't compelling. Well, now I'm starting to curate these experiences to produce the answers and the data that conforms to what you are comfortable with.
3: Hi. This is Sandy with Ola Nauaa here in Maui, Hawaii. I own an Ocean View penthouse studio condo here at the beautiful Kanapali Shores Resort in West Maui. This oceanfront property has two pools, a restaurant, a full bar, a day spa, and on-site activity planners who will book your day trips all over the island. In addition to walking distance food shops, the resort is located just a 15-minute drive to the town of Lahaina where you will find plenty of restaurants, shops, and live music. To check room rates and availability for your Hawaiian getaway at Aston Kanapali Shores, Unit 936, go to www.vrbo 1242558. Again, that's www.vrbo 1242558. Hope to see you there. Aloha.
1: Okay, so we'll I take
2: a look, yeah. look at this.
1: So, yeah, that, thank you for that. Now I better understand your approach to that, and I think it's highly plausible because the, the the experience I have is that this information wants to be communicated, and and how is it done in in the realm that at least these these folks that I'm dealing with are comfortable with in regards to working with the human evolution, but not interfering in our evolution, but helping. So I I firmly believe that, yeah, that information uh, would like to be and could be delivered. And it, it, I believe it has. And and so what is the method of it? Like you say, can you schedule that Zoom meeting with these people
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and can we push record? Um, but but on, on the other hand, what he's saying is that you don't need a Zoom meeting. If he can give you five questions that would be out of your, your normal purview, yeah. of, that would be sp- specific to somebody in their uh, Well, it,
1: Okay, so really, uh, Paul, in this context, I'd be comfortable with that, if, if given five questions to ask telepathically and see what happens. You know, I, I can't guarantee what the response no, is. Oh, yeah. All yeah, right. If I'll get yeah, one. No, but Mark, I, don't, I, the process, I'm fine with.
2: Right. Hey, Mark, don't come back without the answers, my friend. All five. That's it.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'll be chastised. It'll be horrible.
2: Yeah. And, and right. So that's the general idea. And of course.
1: Yeah. Well, thank then you for, the, I, get, I get where you're coming from.
2: Right. So then there would need to be. So with, with that, one of these guys would say, OK, yes, philosophically. That's the right approach. Now to make me comfortable with it, you know, being them, we need to have some control so we know that you're not googling, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. And then if we did that a few times, then I could get them to lean and say, "Okay, look, why don't you come down?" Or you know, some other more increased involvement. And at some point, by dint of seeing either you do it repeatedly or other people do it. Because I believe they are curious and scientifically honest, they would come out and say, "Hey, I—I—I I, I, I think they would say something like this: I can't say that aliens exist, <clears throat> but I can't explain how these answers are being produced." Right. And I think we need to take this seriously because we've put in place, <clears throat> you know, customary controls, and I am very intrigued, more intrigued than I have ever been in this phenomena. And I welcome others to join me in expanding the scope of this. And I think that kind of gradual approach of not bringing them what we happen to collect, but buying them into the process beforehand and saying, what should we collect? What would make you interested? Because my interest here is Bridging the gap between science and people who have these experiences, because I live in both worlds.
0: Thanks for listening. For more of An Intrepid Adventure, go to markglenmore.com. This has been a Paul Robinson production. See you soon.